back, ladies and gentlemen, ghouls and ghosts, dear listeners, to Fear Boners, presented by the Down in Front Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Abbott, and we're back to talk about some spooky-ass shit this evening. Um, It's a very special episode. We have two ladies in the house, two witches straight from Salem. It is a ladies' night special edition Fear Boners a Lady Boners episode, if you will. We have our friend Maddox, who had joined us recently on the 100th episode of Down in Front Podcast for the Infinity War special here, and we also have our friend of the podcast, Chrissy. This is going to be our first podcast with us, so this is very exciting. And as we normally do, we sort of introduce ourselves and talk about what we're drinking, what we've been watching. But in this case, I'm going to ask you guys, what are you drinking currently, and what is your favorite horror movie? Let's begin with Chrissy. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, so I'm drinking this thing that you made me. I did make it. Yeah. I told you what it was. I didn't give you a mystery drink. No, it's it's tequila and something. It's good. <laughs> um, and my favorite horror movie, I would have to say, is Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, that's a good one. The original? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I just feel like... It's super campy and entertaining and doesn't stress you out during the fact, but the concept is still terrifying enough to keep you up for a week after the fact. Because <laughs> you're always going to sleep, or you're going to try to sleep. Or you're not going to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, if I were to introduce someone to the genre of horror, I just feel like that's a good place to start. Start there. Yeah. I remember yeah. when I first watched that movie and it did kind of freak me out, because then I was just like, well, shit. I'm going to sleep tonight, and that's when Freddy's going to get me. Yeah. Yeah. The last time you're ever going to sleep. <laughs> is that the one, is the first one of those the one that Johnny Depp's in? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he gets sucked into the mattress. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> if you uh, haven't seen it by now, go fuck yourself. But you know, he, maybe he lives, maybe he dies. You don't know. Maybe he ended up in, um... The Pirates Alice of the Caribbean. In, I was going to say Alice in Wonderland. Oh, um, either or. You know, through the, through the looking glass? Through the looking mattress? Creepy mattress. (laughs) All right, great. And uh, what about you, Maddox? What's uh, what are you drinking? What are you watching? Or what's your favorite horror movie? So, oddly enough, I'm drinking the same beer that I was uh, when we did the um, Infinity podcast. I'm still drinking the No Effects and Stone Brewing Punk in Drublick. I have to look at the label because I'll say it wrong. (laughs) But I have times I see it. I'm like drunken punk. No, damn it. Drunken pumpkin. <laughs> you screwed it up again. That <laughs> is weird, right? Is it? It must be. I like think Halloween, it is. Halloween yeah. pumpkin yeah. flavored People beer. People love those pumpkin beers. It is weird. <laughs> um, I really love horror movies, but I still really love uh, The Cabin in the Woods just because I feel okay. like Ooh. it itself is a good horror movie and it's also paying tribute and making fun of so many different types of horror movies and horror movie trope so every time I watch it I'm like oh man I just I love this movie so much and it has Thor in it so true I mean, can't go wrong yeah pretty much anything with Thor I don't I don't know if you get to see his amazing I think he's topless muscles. yeah maybe at one point briefly because they kind of try to play him up as the meathead even though he's supposed to be like a genius yeah well that's yeah. what makes this character so funny is like they make the comment of He's acting like a meathead, but he's writing a full academic scholarship. Yeah, and he's, like, making the recommendations on specific history books on, like, German economics and yeah. stuff, and it's like, what? So it's, okay. it's so good. Yeah. Was he Thor at that point? Yeah. He was. He was okay. at least in the first one. Yeah. Might even have been the second one. As, uh... I, uh, it was... 
I think he only only one movie to come out with him is Thor, and I think he that's all filmed... it takes. One movie and you're Thor yeah. forever. Yeah, <laughs> not a bad deal. I think it either got filmed like around the same time or slightly before oh, okay. that Marvel movie. I'm assuming that's how he met Jaws Whedon, right? Yeah, he oh, did the Avengers, yeah. and so um, Whedon was probably like, "I have another awesome movie for you." Well, Joss Whedon, listener of the show, we can actually uh, follow up with him after and ask him how that yeah. happened, how they became friends. And maybe if he has Thor's phone number, just, yeah. just wondering. We'll get Thor on the podcast <laughs> one day. Um, no, I think that's actually um, the point that Chrissy made, that she would start someone um, new to the horror genre with Nightmare on Elm Street. I think that like Cabin in the Woods is a good starter, too, because you could show them that movie and then be like, okay what is all this other stuff that it's referencing or poking fun at? And then you can be like, oh, well, this Explain is supposed to be it. Hellraiser, yeah. this is supposed mm-hmm. to be Evil Dead, this is supposed to be this, and then, then you're just forcing them to watch all those movies. You could use the whiteboard. Yeah. You could just get a picture of that and be like, all right, we're going to go down the list. <laughs> which, ones, which ones scare you the most? Yeah. Which one has the, like, hillbilly zombies in it? Clowns? We'll start with clowns. <laughs> right. Cabin in the Woods is basically the syllabus. Yes. That you, you go, go over on the first day of school. Three <laughs> movies, one hundred one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, yeah, I am also drinking the same beer Maddox is, but I also have a butts boat swains chocolate a butt stout. Swains? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a butt yeah. butt butt swan chocolate stout. Um, From I found Joe's? it. I found it at Trader Joe's. Is this yep. their beer? Uh, I think so. They used to. Oh, okay. They used to only sell it in the bottle. It was cheap as hell. It was yeah. a six pack for five bucks. So yep. You know that's me. Cheap. To the last penny. And yeah, I would probably say my favorite horror movie is John Carpenter's The Thing. Just because it's really creepy and there's a real good feel of like claustrophobic desolation. People just kind of trapped in a situation where help probably isn't coming. And you could freeze to death, but then they throw in this crazy monster. And then the paranoia that it could be any one of them. Like, it's just a great group of things thrown into a movie to sort of just scare the hell out of you. Also, then you get Kurt Russell wearing a sombrero with a flamethrower. That's also... There's a lot of really cool things in that movie. There's some cute uh, some cute dogs. Unfortunately, spoilers, they die, but they're cute before they die. And then, yeah, it's just so funny to watch how he remade a, a, like a real kitschy 50s Spaceman movie into this horrifying, like, body horror mutant massacre movie that's well known today for its like special effects and things like that so i usually recommend a lot of people should see it and then they come back and they're just like i watched it i probably won't watch it again because it was just too creepy it's stressful yeah it is stressful but yeah i just i think um i don't think now that i think about it like it's my favorite movie but i don't think it's the same like you guys were saying, I don't think it's a good jumping off point for people. That might be one to get into a little bit later on. It's a little bit Yeah, that more was intense. definitely one of my favorite horror movies. And I, did you get the artwork from San Diego Comic Con last year? Yeah, with the yeah. art book? Yeah. yeah. I was looking through that the other day and I was like, oh man. Just, that movie was so good and it inspired so much just creepy monster special effects and artwork. What year did that come out, roughly? Uh, it was the you know, 80s. Um, yeah, okay, I thought so. Yeah, it had, it had to be early 80s, because I thought, I thought that was one of Kurt Russell's early movies. Early to mid-80s, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it was the 80s. Okay. Definitely sombreros were still the fashion. <laughs> you could tell me anything, I mean, and Yesterday. I would just believe you. Great. But they did make, well, they did make that, it was going to be a sequel, but then it was a prequel a few years back, and that was okay. 
But, yeah, the first one, not even the first one. The remake of the original from the 50s that came out in the 80s that is technically a sequel <laughs> to the one that came out in the aughts. Yeah, if that's not confusing, find the one that just says John Carpenter on the box and watch the shit out of it. Thank me later. They're coming to get you, Barbara. All right. Well, I guess we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of the episode. Basically... Both of these nice ladies had shown interest in being on the podcast, and I said, hey, here's this movie that I found was on Hulu, and I've been really excited to watch. Um, It's a documentary, and I was really psyched on it, and I sort of proposed that we should watch it sort of in book club fashion and then talk about it on this podcast, but we all kind of had similar reactions in that, as far as documentaries go, not the best documentary. Um, and we are talking about Missing 411, the documentary based off the books by cryptozoologist, Bigfoot hunter, policeman guy, David Politis. <laughs> um, if you're not familiar with him, he he does deal a lot in the sort of conspiracy sector of things. He was a guest star on Coast to Coast AM, where he talked a lot about the disappearances in national parks and how uh, they could potentially be linked to a government cover-up or something more nefarious or supernatural, and I I thought that was really interesting, but I wanted to give a little bit of an outline uh, real quickly just so you guys both understand and um, the listeners understand how I came around to thinking that this was going to be an interesting and or spooky documentary, even though it really wasn't. (laughs) It should have been. It should have been a lot scarier, Yeah. yeah. Basically what happened was I had previously been working a job where I worked weekends and it wasn't very busy. So I would listen to a lot of creepypastas. And if you're not familiar with that concept, it's basically people on the internet uh, telling either writing or narrating scary stories. So a lot of these are on YouTube. And I listened to one that was called Horrifying Search and Rescue Stories. It's on YouTube, narrated by a gentleman who calls himself Corpse Husband. I'm sure other people have narrated it, but this is just the one that I listen to. He's got a great voice, makes it super creepy. And uh, it's basically based around very similar stories that David Politis tells. And it's probably used a lot of that for its uh, base when it was written. And it was originally, the story itself was written by Carrie Hammond. And it was posted to Reddit as a true-to-life story, as if a, a person who worked for a search and rescue team actually had encountered these strange stories as they were getting trained or as the longer they worked for it and were sort of revealing these secrets um, and these cover-ups and these strange things and strange happenstances. The stories kind of tend to veer into really graphic, brutal, sad zones, and like some of them are really just bizarre and scary and creepy. Uh, and so I was really into it. And she kept mentioning the name David Politis, so I looked into that, found the Coast to Coast AM episode where he talks with George Knapp about different conspiracies and how the government might be covering it up, or it could be Big Feet kidnapping people. And, <laughs> Plural. Yeah. <laughs> and um, then he started talking about the fact that they were making a documentary, which is cool because his books that he also writes and self-publishes are expensive, And then, because he self-publishes them, they're published very low print runs, so they're hard to find. So when they're resold on Amazon or uh, eBay, they're very expensive. So I was like, okay, I'll just watch the movie version of these books. So when I saw that it popped up on Hulu, I was like, oh boy! And I got myself a little too excited, and I sucked you two into it. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for that. (laughs) That's how we got to where we are today. And now we're going to talk about this documentary 
like a bunch of professionals with educated backgrounds and finely tuned research that we have done over the past 24 hours? few days. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is more research than they did for the actual documentary, to be fair. That's true. <laughs> it's That's true. true. This documentary is going to make you fall down a lot of holes. I would still recommend, you know, watching it, but just keep in mind it is kind of a bummer. People disappear. This movie focuses a lot on children, and a lot of the times either they're not found or they're found dead or in pieces. So warning there, it is a bummer of a movie. But uh, I've talked a little bit too much. Let's get into um, our sort of reactions going into it. What did you guys sort of think when I said, hey, look at this. Would you guys be interested in watching this movie? What were your initial reactions before you watched it and were like, ugh? I actually was kind of meaning to watch it because I had scrolled past it a couple times. But I was on the fence about whether or not... Like, what the payoff was going to be. But I was just like, oh, cool. Abba made the decision for me. Like, I guess I'll watch this. Um, the box art makes it look really vague. As vague as the movie really is, kind of. Right, but you can watch, um, like, the trailer on Hulu, I believe. Or on maybe it was on Amazon versions of Hulu. Prime. I have Amazon Prime. Anyway, in, in the trailer, it looks a lot more compelling, as most things do. Um, all the good parts are in the trailer if you don't want to waste your time that's true so they could just watch the trailer and then like it it's definitely a rabbit hole that i recommend going down it's not that the topic is uninteresting i just i guess that's what made me not like this the most was that like i don't know like it could have been so interesting. There's so much to it, and he just didn't really bother with any of the things that were actually interesting about it. You just kind of find yourself waiting, like, when's it going to get real interesting? Yeah. And then it just kind of never happens. Yeah. Or, like, towards the end, they start to drop some of those bombs that are like, oh, but what if? But the, at that point, I was like, what do you mean, what if? That's You're proposing a really dumb what if right now. There's a much more obvious answer to everything you said, and you just did... Like a huge leap to. Get well, what about going. what was your initial reaction when I was like, "Hey, here's this movie, Missing 411. It's about people disappearing and the conspiracy around it." So I I didn't know anything about it beyond national parks, people missing, um, and I was intrigued because I thought it was going to be more of a true crime type thing or like a serial killer conspiracy type thing. Um, so yeah, kind of is uh, part of it, a very small part of it. Yeah. They, they made everything vague enough where I could. Yeah. They never like really like committed to anything, so it, it wasn't very good. But that's why I was initially interested because I go camping and hiking a lot, and I love true crime stuff. So I was like, cool, I could go camping in a campground that's, you know, has a bunch of true crime-ish things. But <laughs> I don't really give a shit about they think Bigfoot's in the area. I'm like. But they didn't okay. even mention that. I would have no. <laughs> given so many yeah. fucks if they had mentioned Bigfoot yeah. at the beginning. Here, Bigfoot, have Everything all my was fucks. so vague. They just would not commit to yeah. like, any I had yet. a hard time while I was watching it and like hadn't done any other research. I had a hard time drawing connections between all the cases. Like, yeah. sure, they all happened in like national parks, but... Yeah. Still, I I just wasn't able to, like, draw any conclusions, 
as the documentary went. And I think part of the fun of watching things like that is like coming up with your own theories about what's going on. And they didn't really give you anything to cling to. Yeah, the the layout of the movie itself, um, listeners, just to give you a bit of an idea, is you're sort of presented, the, the movie starts with these little dioramas that show, like, I guess, crime scenes or, like, the, the last known locations of people who have disappeared. And then you get a, a 911 phone call that's linked to uh, an active investigation that's actually still going of the disappearance of Dior Kuntz. And that's sort of the overarching um, case that's discussed throughout the movie. But then it sort of veers off several times to a disappearance that occurred in the 50s. And then it goes to this other one that happened in, like, the, the 70s or the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then it comes back to the Dior Kuntz case. And then it goes back to a 50s disappearance. And then it goes into... I think there was... Was there another one that they discussed? There was one in, like, the 90s? Yeah, that... Um, in Colorado. Oh. There was a little boy... Um, wait, I have his name. Jared. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, whose dad let him go... With, with a bunch some, of church hippies. Was it? No, oh, Christian Singles Group. Yeah. So a a Christian singles group that was staying on the mountain, a bunch of people he didn't know, he just, like, let his son go with them, and then he disappeared while he was out with this Christian singles group. See, I missed that, because, spoilers, I didn't watch the whole thing. Because I got got about 30 minutes into it, and was like, this is really dumb and really boring, and I'm getting angry, and so then I started kind of, like, skipping through. You you have the Notes version of it. Yeah, well, I I basically am missing the middle part, because I would skip 10 minutes, I'd be like, oh, I can't listen to this anymore, and I'd skip another 10 minutes. So I think I ended up watching the first 30 minutes maybe a total of 10 minutes combined at the middle <laughs> and then the last like 10 15 i tuned back in when it was like the old guy who was the one who they found who they interviewed and he was like here are the clothes I oh the, the old guy that <laughs> yeah. survived and yeah. it was just this really awkward oh, like that was two the minutes one, yeah. of him holding up his clothes and i was like it's kind of weird that you still have those and you don't seem to be doing anything else. So you missed the whole part where Christian Mingle abducted a child. Yeah, I did, not, <laughs> I did not know that Christian, is it ChristianMingles.com or ChristianSingles.com? ChristianMingles.com is the Christian one. And it was 1999 um, though. That, I'm assuming that's when they started. That might have, Christian Mingle might have been around. <laughs> I, think we, I think we just uncovered another conspiracy. <laughs> yes. Because it definitely wasn't J-Date, it was ChristianMingle.com that made yeah. this kid disappear. So somehow their founding is related to this. Yeah. Oh, man. Look at that, guys. We are busting fucking mysteries right here. <laughs> Took a turn. We're well, the Scooby Squad. I mean, I don't think it matters that you didn't watch the whole thing, because even without watching the whole thing, your stance was that this documentary is actually about bad parenting, for yes. my understanding. <laughs> and, I mean, everything you missed kind of just supports your theory, so you just kind of put it together without all of that. I'm glad I had you guys do the homework for me. Yeah. <laughs> we fell down the rabbit hole while you just kind of stepped over it and laughed and like, look at yeah. these dumbasses who got stuck in a rabbit hole. Uh, That's true. But yeah, you, like, again, just to go back to the fact that like the, 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 the narrative of this movie, even though it's not telling a story, it's just kind of presenting facts. And I did air quotes when I said that listeners, because the one that I had forgotten about where the, they do this really great turn where they tell you all this terrible stuff and you're getting ready for them to tell you about another kid that died. And then 
they have the guy from Survivor Man or one of those shows, and he tells you about like how this kid like got he disappeared here and he wound up like miles later, and he tells you how difficult it would have been, and then he's like, and then they found him, and there's a beat alive. It's like, oh, well, how refreshing. A child that didn't die in this movie. <laughs> Hooray. But that guy claims that he doesn't remember any of it. Which is, that's where things, like, get in. Because there are other cases that David Politis has covered where that's a thing that happens. Where, you know, and maybe for him, like, he was, what, like, four or five when it happened? Now he's 65? I don't remember a lot of stuff that happened when I was yeah, four or five. Barely either. anything. Barely anything. But there are other people who, and this is where I take it with a grain of salt both ways, where it's like, there are people in some of these cases who... Um, had who disappeared and were recovered, and they're just like, yeah, I don't remember what happened. And maybe that's because they, you know, they were in shock, or, like, mm-hmm. they had some weird experience, but, like, I don't think it's like they were, you know, making s'mores with Bigfoot or any crazy shit like yeah. that. Like, I think they would remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I would hope, shit. Yeah. I'd get a selfie. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think, I'm still glad I watched it, but overall, I think the theme is, yeah... The theme of bad parenting. Maddox, you had a good call out there if you want to elaborate at all. Like, <laughs> what were the things that really made you think that these these people just kind of... Oh, man, there were so many. I mean, like, the first story is the the kid or, like, they're, they're camping, and they don't seem to know what they're doing camping because they, they're at this sort of, like, end-of-the-road campground, which they arrive, and then they had to go back into town to get supplies... They really stress the fact yeah. that it's just really out of the way. It's yeah. a short road. It's only like seven miles, but it takes you an hour to drive well, down it's it because it's so and short. It's not like a rough, yeah. Yeah. rough terrain. But it, like, it's not like an actual campground. It's just like, middle it's of nowhere. Literally it's literally a dead end road. road. Yeah, dead end road. A great place to dump a body. Yeah. It's just really yeah. so weird. It's like, so you guys are going out of your way to a super rural campground, which generally implies you sort of know what you're doing or want to do that. And then you had to go back into town to get more supplies that you didn't have. Like, um, this wasn't a surprise camping trip. Yeah. yeah. I, was like, I was like, what? Um, so well, my the, guess is they went in for more beer or something. So I'm like, there's... <laughs> the main thing, so this is the other... Th- so if you do watch the documentary and you fall into the hole of, like, well, what happened with that case? Because that's the one where it's still up in the air. There is a great website called littlemanlost.com that follows up the story of the disappearance of Dior Kuntz and kind of provides more information. The one thing that they went back into town for... Feminine products. Tampons, yes. Oh, like, yeah, I and forgot about that. There's yeah, an interview in the documentary where she's just like, oh, we were fighting like cats and dogs because, like, I was telling him I needed it and he wanted to finish breakfast and this and that. And it's like, yeah, but neither of you seem to be at all concerned about where your kid is or, like, yeah. what's going on with your kid. And then there's a whole side story about some guy that was at the tampon store that looked at the, the, the kid the a wrong way. The tampon store. <laughs> When when the mom is telling this story to the interviewer, <laughs> I don't know. They're in the middle of nowhere. Maybe it's just a store that has. Oh, man. It's like just a tampons. cart. I want to get a tampon store. <laughs> it has a weird name. She gets into t- telling you like what the store was. It's like a package store, basically. But then there's like there's like a place that serves food in the store. Like they have like a little diner in the store, and she's like, "There was a man, and he was he was looking at my child funny." And so they're like, "Well, what do you?" Can you describe the man? And she ultimately described... This isn't in the movie. This is in the like little documentary on littlemanlost.com. And it's so clear that, like... First, they're trying to blame it on some stranger that they kind of sort of remember. And then they try to blame it on each other. And it just gets really weird. Because the setup is basically, like, two parents who have this kid that's sort of an inconvenience to right. them. A, a, a very aged... He's not actually her 
grandfather. He's technically her great grandfather. Wait, really? Uh, yeah. They didn't. They just said grandfather in the. Yeah, they didn't specify that in the documentary, did they, or did I miss it? No. So this was again in the in the the follow up investigation right. that I I watched, and then you just get a vibe that that whole family dynamic is a little. Like, her her mother seems very young, because you see her mom only a couple times in the documentary, but she's a big part of this investigation, and her mother is very young. The great-grandfather is there. He's on oxygen. He apparently is suffering from some sort of dementia. And then he brings this mysterious friend that nobody really knows. Right, they had just, never met him before. Yeah, yeah. and he is a wild-looking motherfucker. And, like, nobody trusts him, nobody really knows his backstory, and then, like, it's sort of kind of mentioned in the documentary, but it's gone into a little bit further in the investigation that he had a prior sexual assault charge against him. Yeah, they they mentioned that. Yeah. If I was a parent, like, I don't want, like, yeah, you might be grandpa's friend, but you're not gonna get anywhere near my kid, like, in a... Did they know that, though? Whether or not they knew, like, I watched the movie, I watched the documentary, I watched the investigation, I would have, like, a five-minute conversation with this guy and be like, I'm getting, like, really bad vibes from Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I know. Yeah. I know. Also, it's probably worth mentioning that um, the Dior investigation was, like, the central, like, storyline throughout the documentary. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Right? Everything so sort of sandwiched. Right. Yeah. That's how we ended up down a rabbit hole about <laughs> this case specifically, because, like, they followed this case from beginning to end in the documentary, and, like, laced the other stories kind of in between and never went back to them. I mean, and they never really ended up connecting that much, but I think we all ended up kind of, like, focusing more on this Dior case because that's kind of what the documentary focuses on more than anything else because they don't really, like, ever go back to or update you on any of the other stories that they kind of glaze over. And I think that's because they probably filmed what they were going to film and then realized they didn't have enough footage for, like, an actual full-length documentary or, like, a feature. Right, um, yeah. And then that's probably when they decided to start doing the dramatic reenactments, which we forgot to mention. Like, oh, that's man, kind of so interesting bad. because it's like... Like, I am a fan of a Discovery show called A Haunting because of oh, their... Oh, yeah. Yeah, their hokey-ass yeah. weird reenactments where they get people who are way too pretty to be the people they actually are. <laughs> And um, we get a little bit out of that in this movie, considering how, like, sort of serious the presentation is, it's it's kind of disconnecting. Was that weird for you? Like, did you think when they said, like, oh, uh, Oregon, 1953, little boy by a river, like, did you think, damn, how'd they get these HD cameras back to 1953? I had a moment <laughs> where I thought that, and then I was like, oh, no, it's a dramatic reenactment. Was that weird for you guys? At that point, I was already so annoyed with the documentary. I was like, sure, throw in <laughs> Were you, Did you yeah, even see that part? Like... I, think, I, think, I think that was probably around the time where I started fast-forwarding. So I was like, oh, now you're throwing in these cheesy, yeah. like, reenactments. Fuck you, documentary. <laughs> I could have gotten over it if they weren't so long. And there were just these really long establishing shots where there was nothing yeah. happening. That would have probably shaved like 20 minutes off of the whole thing if they weren't in there. Um, So I was just kind of like, you don't need to spend this much time on a reenactment. (laughs) Like, it's not important. Um, I don't mind the idea of that as long as it's entertaining. But it was literally, there was one shot of a little boy fishing for like five minutes. (laughs) 
And I get bored when I'm fishing in real life, so <laughs> I don't I don't really want to watch that. Yeah. And that's I think that's a, an interesting thing they did is that you know, they try to distract you with the production a little bit. Because at first I was getting excited because they had those little dioramas in the beginning. I thought yeah. that was cool. The little interstitial things where they had the footprint maps, which I think are included in the books usually. But they had these weird, almost interactive topographical maps where it would show you the last point the person was seen, how far they traveled, where their remains were found, things like that. That was kind of cool. But then there's those weird... Yeah, there's those weird intercuts where it's, like, people driving, listening to Coast to Coast AM, and, like, the radio host is interviewing David Paulides, and it almost acts as narration, and it's almost like you're just, you're just filling time. This is a gap that you realized you had to fill. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. a little weird, but I don't know. I think, I don't know if they did a Kickstarter for this or, like, anything like that, but, like, they definitely had a bit of money because they were able to get the establishing shots that were, like, really, really nice crane shots and, like, really helicopter well done, shots yeah. and, like, things looked great, but... The aerial shots were beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. everything was just too long. Yeah. Was like, they could have filler. used a little bit more editing. Because yeah. how... Does anybody off the top of your head remember I mean, how long the movie no, yeah, was? Yes, you. it was, like... <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, so Oh, yeah, like, 30 minutes, yeah. Yeah, it's 30 minutes. <laughs> it can be 30 minutes if you want it to be. It's true. That's why I'm not upset with you for skipping it, because if this was an actual movie that you would have to sit from beginning to end on, I'd be a little upset. But it's a documentary, so you can come in wherever and just kind of glean your own opinion on it. I mean, we've watched a lot of really terrible movies, and I've been able to make it through them. It's true. I actually... Could not yeah. make it through this documentary. I did. It was boring. Like, it was boring. There's yeah. not really I was looking way, at my phone a little other bit. way to yeah. say it, yeah. I did. I, I beefed the introduction a little bit, giving the listeners a little bit of a background. The reason why these two witches are here with me is because we have <laughs> a history of watching shitty horror movies together. So now you finally get to hear our great, great opinions on this shit. And in this case, we start with a fairly shitty documentary. I'd rather watch Muck again. Muck was pretty good. I don't think I was there. For it really that. made me. Oh, we can rewatch it. It really made me think about. Did I watch? Man versus with either one of you guys, which was about like a survival man type guy getting dumped in the woods and then he no, runs into I don't aliens. Think so. No, it was actually pretty good. I think it's on Amazon. I'm intrigued. Well, here's the thing: is that I, I was dragged like an idiot through this whole. <laughs> Wait, who dragged? Did I drag you through it? No, what's his face? Oh, David Politis. Yeah, yeah. it's his fault. Um. I was waiting for the aliens or Bigfoot <laughs> or whatever, and it just never happened. Yeah. Okay, good point. Let's okay. Let's get into that. Let's get into how this doesn't really pay off. I know you said. Um, let's start with you. Sort of looked into David Polite's background a little bit and learned yes. a little bit more about him. So, can you talk about what you found out about him? Yeah. So I stumbled across a Vice article about him. Um, and he's just kind of a crazy guy. Um, he has some official title. He was like the first, let me look this up. He's like the original Bigfoot chaser, apparently. <laughs> he's about 70 years old, somewhere around there at this point. I didn't realize he was that old. Yeah. It's like something that you include in your dating profile. <laughs> I'm a Bigfoot. The owner. world's first Bigfoot chaser. <laughs> original Bigfoot chaser. Let's see. Yeah, so... It says he was the genesis of the Bigfoot chasing movement. He's a self-described law enforcement... Has... What? 
My notes are out of control. Um, is he like is he like uh, Steven Seagal? Does he just say he's a police yeah. officer? Well, yeah, he's not really a police self-described officer. police officer. Is that, is that it? He's I think that, that, that was you, the quote in this oh. Vice article. You carry, you carry a taser, maybe some handcuffs. So, oh, so no, he, that makes you a serial killer. Yeah, so he is Steven Seagaling it. <laughs> he works on the North American Bigfoot search, whatever that means. That's I think that's the um, organization he created. Right, yes. Yeah. And he wrote, before he started writing the Missing 411 books, he came out with, like, two really dense Bigfoot hunting books. Yes. And now he denies mentioning Bigfoot in any of his work. Oh, really? Maybe yes. that's why he's vague about things, because he doesn't right. want to go all the way off. He, does, he doesn't want to jump the Bigfoot. So I think <laughs> that he's just kind of trying to get people to take him seriously at this point. Okay. So... I think that's why in this documentary he kind of stayed away from all of that because, which I understand. I think at this point he's kind of trying to focus on kind of the moral of the story of this documentary is that the National Park Service keeps no record of missing people. Yeah. Um, like people who go missing in the park. There's no record of that. And he's a big advocate of establishing some kind of database of these people that go yeah. missing. And, I mean, I guess in order to do that, you have to, like, stop talking about Bigfoot at some point. <laughs> Take me seriously, please. Yeah. Here's all this stuff here. These books are still in print of you talking about your yeah. lunch with Bigfoot. And yeah. he's straight up denying it, too. I never did that. Your name's on the book. I, that's not Yeah. That's not me. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, people go missing in the national parks, like, okay... Like, I, I guess I don't really get... Like, like, that That part gets me a little bit, because, like, we talked about before, the part... Like, the one part... And maybe it was literally just the way that they filmed it, or the way that it was presented. They did interview the one guy who used to be Secretary of the Interior under Obama. Yeah. And they ask, like, they're asking all these softball questions, and then they're like, so, is there a list of people who go missing in parks? And there's this weird moment where you look at the guy, and he kind of bulks a little bit. Because it's almost like he didn't expect that question, so maybe they told him they weren't going to ask him that, or like they didn't prep him for it, and he was like, oh, boo. Not to my knowledge, no. Mm -mm. He looked to me like he'd literally never thought about it before. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, you don't really think about missing until you are missing. You yeah. know, like, he's like, yeah, yeah I'm still yeah. here. I, like, to me, I'm like, I see why he would pause and be like, why would we do that? I mean, it's the woods, it's the outdoors. Are you going to start checking everybody's ID before they go in? Like, yeah. It's just sort of like this idea of like, why would you do that? Well, his answer was basically like the nice way of saying like, do you have any idea how many things I have to deal with as the Secretary of the Interior? Yeah, yeah. He, like, how much He didn't straight up say that, but he's like, I'm in charge of a lot of shit. Yeah. I have no idea. Like Yeah, I'm I'm the secretary of the inside, not the outside. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't yeah. care what happens outside. Well like and like truly like I'm going to the Grand Canyon next year and all those parks are open twenty four seven. Pretty much all you gotta do there is make sure you don't you fall in. Yeah. Stay on the donkey. Don't fall into that little tiny ditch over there. Yeah. Just don't do that. But like, no. Go ahead, sorry. But like and only one of the places where I'm going to be going, um, I think it's the only place I've been kind of so far where, like, you have to have a guide to go in it. Mm -hmm. It's the Antelope Canyons, because you go through all the caves, because a bunch of people died from a flash flood Oof. in, like, the late 90s, which is a thing throughout those parks. Yeah. Like, they give you warnings, like, hey, you're about to walk through this really nice-looking tunnel, in the next 60 seconds, that could become a raging river. So... 
Good no. on you. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, like, if something happens to you in any of those effed. parks, yeah. you're kind of effed. But that's just the way it is. Like, well, nobody's forcing you to go there. Hike in a mm-hmm. scuba suit. You're fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I go to Maine to, like, not see anybody, so. What right. my, what my uh, high school religion teacher used to say, and it's weird, but uh, he would say, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. So, if you're not wearing a snorkel, you're probably going to drown. I'm going to be camping <laughs> all summer. I'm going to be walking around in a wetsuit. Now, have you been out there before? Which one? Grand Canyon. Not yet. Oh, I'm okay. I'm excited. It's really cool. It's 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 going to sound dumb, but it's bigger than you think it is. Like, you walk up to it, and you're like, this is... quite grand. No, you walk up to it, and you're like, this is a, this is a painting. Like, it's gorgeous. Yeah. No matter what angle you look at it from, like, it's gorgeous. I've flown over it in a plane. Like, I've stepped right up to the edge of it. It's, like, beautiful. So, just don't fall in. Yeah. My mind's yeah. just in the gutter right now. <laughs> I pretty much have just been thinking dick jokes, like, for the last 30 seconds. Yeah, that's, just, that's uh, fair. Yeah. It's glorious it's to look huge. at. It's bigger than you think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Now, well, one other thing. Um, one of the disappearance... Was it the... They mentioned a disappearance that occurred at Crater Lake, right? Because a lot of this happens yes. in, like, the Pacific Northwest in, like, Oregon. I think I missed that one. <laughs> yeah, it was that little boy... Uh, I think Jared? Re- was it Jared? No, Jared was the one who went up with the Christian Mingle people. But that wasn't at Crater Lake. No, that was in some mountains in Colorado. Okay, that's right. Um, pages of notes. I know because I don't know. I can't keep track of any shit <laughs> like in my brain. Well, no, it's good. This um, is great. And also, I couldn't pay attention to this <laughs> unless I was like actively. Oh, I was doing, doing the same. I was literally like in yeah. my notes app, just being like, yeah. Crater Lake, that was Samuel Belkey. Okay, that was one of the ones from like a while, yeah, yes. it was like from a while back. Well, I did, I took, Maddox, you camp, you camp pretty frequently and you go on hikes pretty frequently, um, sometimes by yourself and you haven't disappeared successfully, um, <laughs> so that's great. I took, after college, I took a road trip with a bunch of people that now, uh, knowing what I know now, I probably should not have trusted them with my life, but we camped everywhere and one of the places we camped was, well, actually two of the places we camped. One was Crater Lake, and it was bizarre because it was July, it was warm out, but there was snow everywhere, and I remember distinctly walking around, looking at the crater, thinking about how many people were there. I had the biggest deer tick of my life I had to remove at Crater Lake. It had gotten to be the size of a quarter. So if that didn't kill me, and I didn't disappear at Crater Lake, that just debunks that whole thing. But it is, I could see it as a place of, like, weird... Like, you could easily disappear there, because the way that the roads wind... People are walking around all the time. There are a lot of, like, foot traffic and car traffic, but, like, there's a lot of places you could fall into, especially if there's snow on the ground. Um, There is the crater that you can fall into. (laughs) But, you know, it is a crater that was made by some sort of astral projection that came down from space. So, that's not ruling out aliens. There might be aliens in the area. It might be a summer home. True, true. Um, If you haven't been to Crater Lake, I do recommend checking it out. Uh, the other place that I camped that was sort of odd um, was the same place that the Donner Party got stuck and wound up having to eat each other in Truckee, California. And it was... Oh, shit. We didn't realize it until the morning we woke up because we were just like, oh, so we're in, where the fuck is Truckee, California? Okay, it's it's late. Let's set up the tent. Okay. And then we woke up and we were like 50 to 100 feet away from the Donner Party Museum. And we went in and they had all this creepy ass shit from the people who like 
like the evidence they found of like you know here's this little girl's doll we found next to her like partially eaten body and like oh. stuff like that and it was like all this creepy stuff and we're like we slept like here okay is everybody still accounted for all right let's go so At if I would have disappeared that was anywhere after you slept there true you know not knowing what yeah. would have been probably was better yeah yeah. Um, but yeah, so I have also not disappeared successfully, but I also probably haven't camped in like almost a decade, I think, maybe. <laughs> have you ever camped, Chrissy? Um, so not really. I was in Girl Scouts when I was younger and I had a sleepwalking problem. Oh man. And now that I'm telling you this story, it's kind of like David Politis is going to listen new, to this podcast and contact you. <laughs> possible theory. So I had a sleepwalking problem, uh-huh. and when we would go camping in when I was in Girl Scouts, like I don't know, I didn't feel like it was real camping. It was in the woods in Connecticut. It was like nowhere <laughs> very notable, um, and you know we were a mile away from like a the main facility of the campground. It was like, no big deal. But there was a couple times when I would wake up in the morning just kind of like in the middle of the woods because oh I had God. like slept, slept walk. Yeah. Sleepwalk? Sleep walk? Sleep walk? Sleep. Sleep. I slooped. Yeah, well, I had unconsciously wandered into the middle of the woods. Holy shit, that would scare the fuck out of me. Yeah, so that was kind of like enough I would go camping again. It just hasn't, like, really popped up in my life. But for a while, I was like, all right, (laughs) I'm going to wait until I I get this under control. I think that would have been more terrifying to, like, the girl who found you. No, no one found me. I would wake up and, like, just be like, where am I? But luckily, you know, like, we were staying in places where I could either, like, see the tents or see the cabin or see... Some kind of, like, I never got very far, so I could, but there's that moment of, um, even when you, like, when you sleep in a hotel room or anywhere that you don't normally sleep, where you wake up and you have this moment of panic of, like, where am I? And that's, like, a lot worse when you're in the middle of the woods (laughs) and you don't know how you got there. I was thinking about it because, like, a few months back, I had, honestly, probably because I was drinking too much, uh, (laughs) which is a thing, apparently. If you drink too much, you can develop a sleep, like, sleepwalking. Really? And I would walk from my room, which is, I'm pointing 20 feet in the direction to which my room is, out here to the living room and wake up here. And it would scare the shit out of me. Because I knew I didn't black out. I literally just, like, fell asleep in my bed in my clothes, kind of drunk, and then walk out here and just decide I was sleeping on the couch. That was enough to scare me. If I woke up just in the middle of the woods, I would just freak the fuck out. Yeah, I haven't camped too much in my life (laughs) since then. Do you still sleepwalk? I don't think I do. Okay. I, no one has, I mean, I've had roommates for the last ten years and no one has mentioned anything to me. Yeah. But I don't I don't know. I'm just like picturing like like you like still crashed out in the woods though and just like sleeping and like like on top of a log or something and like a girl from the campground like going out for an early morning walk and me like what the fuck? She, yeah. She's the <laughs> and, weird one. And then you just like spring up and be like, Where am I? I just be like I gotta go back to the campground now. It's just like Snow White, all the all the all the animals yeah. running around you. Yeah, they were just watching over me. I'm like oh. cuddling a squirrel, like it's a teddy bear. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. I'm very fortunate that nothing bad resulted <laughs> in all of that. It's well, good thing you were in Connecticut. Yeah, I, yeah exactly. <laughs> It brings up it brings up an interesting topic. Like one of the things that that additional investigation brings up is generally when they deal with disappearances, there's there's three things that they consider right off the bat, like an animal attack of some sort, or like right. an animal was involved in some way, or it is an actual legitimate abduction. Mm-hmm. Someone kidnapped the person or found yeah. them and took them, or it's some sort of further more nefarious thing. And this is mostly talking about the Dior investigation where it was like, it could be an animal, it could be a stranger, or it could be someone, you know, in most cases it is like someone, you know, friend or family. But I was reading other articles, uh, to support that where it also included, um, instances of what they considered a voluntary or purposeful disappearance. And I didn't think about that. And I wouldn't consider like sleepwalking, I think would be like a close fifth to that, sure. like you yeah. didn't do that on purpose, but that's another thing that could disappear. But I did you. it by myself. Exactly, yeah. and it was an accident. That could be yes. an accidental disappearance, but like purposeful disappearance got me thinking about it. And it's like, well, shit, like what would that be considered? And you know, there was all that stuff earlier in the year about. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the concept of the the suicide forest in Japan. Yeah, that's like by Mount yeah, Fuji. Yeah, I've heard about that. And that is something where people just wander in and they hang themselves or they slit their wrists and they just kill don't themselves. Don't even mean to. No, they do. I mean, they they go there to kill themselves because it's such a beautiful, peaceful place. And then hikers go and they find them. I thought I... maybe The movie made it seem like the forest was calling to people, but people just go there to end their lives peacefully. Yeah, I know. I, I bought into it. The interesting thing, though, about all of these cases, um that are mentioned in this documentary is that in almost every case, the kid that goes missing goes missing like when someone just looks away for like a few minutes and this kid is not that far away from the the people that are supposed to be watching, watching him. him yeah. um, and no one ever hears a scream. And there's also no, like, that's the thing that ruled out animal attacks is there's no blood, there's no, right. like, sign of struck, like, there's no, yeah, that's but the weird that part But does that not rule out most things? Because if you're a little kid and even a stranger scoops you up, aren't you going to scream? Like, that's, that's the thing that's kind of strange about it to me. Yeah. Is that I, the people that end up looking for this kid are, like, kind of right in the same vicinity. Yeah. Um... And kids cry over nothing. <laughs> so, like, why did no one hear this kid scream? Like, is it yeah. because they weren't screaming? Or are is someone lying? Like... I think in the case of Dior, someone or multiple someones is probably lying about something. But, yeah, no, that's a good... There are, like, little inconsistencies like that. Like, there's a part in... Um, I can't remember if it's in the documentary in the investigation where they talk about the shoes he was wearing... And the one woman yeah. was talking about, like, oh, my, my kid had the same shoes and they fall off super easy. So if he was running or if someone had picked him up or if an animal dragged him, like, we would have at least found a shoe. Yeah. And, like, even though that's, like, an assumption, it's still, like, a pretty good assumption that they would have found something. Yeah. Eh. I mean, as someone who goes camping and hiking all the time, it's a lot of ground to cover. Yeah, but you never wear shoes. I mean, that's true, because <laughs> I don't want to leave behind any you know, evidence, but, I mean, like, the woods is, like, even, like, the small woods that we have around here are still 
big ass place. Honestly, if I like, <laughs> if I camped in the backyard out here, I'd probably be scared shitless still. And like, I know I've lost stuff in our backyard. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's Dahlia's lost stuff back there. There's and there's so, wild turkeys out there. Yeah, I mean, the, and those guys are savage. So. <laughs> Yeah, all these all these points that they make of like the different ways that people like legitimately disappear. David Politis kind of tries to slyly convince us that it's something other. It's like another reason that he won't quite explain. He doesn't get into the fact that he's sort of pointing at the government to to being to blame because there is a point at the end where it does say like you know, we asked about this list, we didn't get any response, and then we did contact somebody in the the parks services and they told us if they were to create this list it would be one it would be one point four million dollars an endeavor for the government to do that, which isn't a lot of money to the government, but it's he's still trying to point fingers and he's still trying to make it a thing, but there's still this air that he wants to almost be like, Yeah, I'm the Bigfoot guy. I kinda want you to think it's Bigfoot or some other sort of cryptozoological reason that these people are disappearing. There's something out there snatching up people Maybe Bigfoot's working with the government. Maybe the Chupacabra's working with the government. But he doesn't come out and say it. Yeah. And that's where the end of the movie kind of failed big time for me. Because I just watched it and I was like, wait, that's the end of the... It just fades to black and then you get the like the like the little like finishing titles that tells you, like, this is what this is. This case is still unsolved. Like, whatever. And it felt like an, un- like an incomplete movie, almost. Yeah, I don't know what the point of the documentary was. Because it never argued for, like any conclusion to any of the unsolved cases. It wasn't yeah. like, you know, these people are suspicious, it's not like, it seems like you want it off, it seems like it's Bigfoot, like, they just never committed to anything. They left it super vague, which was... Well, they were probably trying to avoid the, I know the people in the, the, the big disappearance that they discussed were sort of lawyering up, so they probably didn't want to, like, say one thing or the other. Yeah. But... It's still just like, why present us with all these other things and not just go all the way? Just be like, you know, it's the the government is sacrificing children <laughs> to gods that live underground, yeah. a la Cabin in the Woods, and that's why they disappear without a trace. Just say something interesting. I know it's a documentary, but I still can't take it seriously. Well, I I think at the core of it, too, like, David Politis was trying really hard to come across a certain way and be like, look at me, I'm totally not crazy and you should take me seriously when, like, it probably would have been a better documentary if he just, like, really embraced his crazy and went for it. Like, (laughs) you know... It would have at least been more entertaining. Right, exactly. Like, I mean, whether it was good or bad, it would have been, like, interesting at least. Yeah. Um... But I don't think he has anything to say about, like, a logical explanation of as to why these people disappeared. I think he thinks it's Bigfoot or something, and he doesn't have any <laughs> light to shed on it besides that. So he, I don't know, he can't make a documentary like that. Well, I think part of it, too, is, um, like, the books are very dense, but at the same time, a lot of the reviews I've read on them, and, like, there was a there was a data scientist who disproved a lot of his theories based on, like, the analysis of how he presented certain facts, and some of the examples he gave were, like, oh, well, he took these two um, 
instances of disappearances that happened in different years in the same area and were like similarly documented. They seem to be similar disappearances Mm -hmm. and only correlated them because the two women had three letter names that started with A. One was an Amy and one was an Anne. And that was his like evidence that it was mysterious. Or like there was a disappearance where they were... They, their last known, um, their last seen location was next to a similar berry bush. It was the I same was strain of berries. I was going to say that. I read that too, yeah. And it's little things like that where it's like, no, David, you're just grasping at Bigfoot hairs now. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. not... Well, I mean, he wishes they were Bigfoot hairs. Yeah. For Bigfoot yeah. hairs, he'd be like, I have evidence. I mean, I, if, if anyone is like a huge supporter of cryptozoology when that thing was found a few years back that they were claiming was the Montauk monster and wound Mm -hmm. up being like a desiccated dog or like a dead raccoon Mm -hmm. or something. I was so bummed when they were like, oh no, it's just this. Oh man, that was hilarious. Yeah, it looked (laughs) terrifying, but it had just been sitting in the river on the beach for too long and like, you know, sun bleached. That's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. But I wanted it to be some weird alien thing. I want to believe I am like Fox Mulder, except not nearly as cool or spooky. Um... (laughs) And I'm Scully, just being like, no, you're full of shit right now. Stop it. (laughs) Sit down. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I think, ultimately, David Politis made his Bigfoot books, realized that was a mistake, made these 411 missing books, has some traction, people eat it up, people are really into it, he's got the backing of, like, the coast-to-coast listeners and, like, conspiracy theorists, but he realizes that books are kind of... I'm not going to go out and say books are a dead medium, but, like, he's making these movies now. Sure, yeah. Do you think... Do you think there's going to be a missing 411 too? Do you think he's going to make a sequel to his documentary? He's going to make a series of documentaries. Do you think he could do that? Or do you think he would do that? Do you think Uh, that's what he's going to do now? He's advancing his medium from book to movie? I... Well, there's a lot of opinions on the internet that (laughs) he's kind of... I don't know this guy. I don't want to talk shit, but uh, there are a lot of opinions that he's kind of changing his position according to what he thinks will get his name out there and what okay. will, like, kind of make him more money. Yeah. Um, so, I I think it's possible that we will see more from him in, in the documentary world, but... Uh, the next documentary could go t- completely in the other direction. I think he's just like throwing shit at the wall and trying to see what sticks more than anything. Like, okay, that's just kind of my my what I gathered <laughs> from what I read. That's what I think because he has a YouTube channel that he advertises on his website too, but it hasn't been updated in a really long time. Like mine. But, um, there are like little vignettes of like disappearances, like almost like the precursor to this documentary. There's these little, little shorts about specific called out disappearances. But yeah, no, I agree. I think if he does make another movie, I think it should be either like commit and go in your face yeah. and be like, well, what about the fact that it could have been a, you know, this, or like, maybe the government is abducting our children, or maybe it's the Bigfoot. There's a there's a Bigfoot, like a crazy Bigfoot massacre movie that's like, apparently doing really well, going around, um, uh, touring right now called Primal Rage, that I'm like 50-50 on, maybe that should be the next one we review, but yeah. it's basically about, yeah, Bigfoot running around eating people and killing people. I think David Politis is going to be the first one in line to watch that movie, but I also think that he's going to be taking notes for his next movie. Yeah. Where it's going to be, like, very factually... And I think that would actually... I love found footage movies. I think it would be great if he takes his experience with Hollywood 
air quotes again, and the people he's dealt with to make that first documentary. I think it was his brother, uh, Ben Paulides, who... It Paulides. was his son. Oh, his son. Yeah. Okay. Who worked on most of it. I think it would be interesting if they took their experience there, combined what they do with, like, the the, the over-the-top jump-the-shark mm-hmm. factor, and was like, here's this, like, you know, here's the facts, here's these people, interview, interview, Bigfoot, 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 yeah. and made it, like, a crazy monster movie, because I love that shit. That would and be I fun. would watch the hell out of it. I would it. watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? How would you I mean... skip the middle? Yeah. <laughs> Meet us in the middle, David Bollides. <laughs> or don't. Take it all the way. I want to see him just run with this Bigfoot thing. And I think that's... Running with Bigfoot. Yeah. Running with Bigfoot. Running in, like, like a meadow of flowers. Holding like, hands. Holding hands <laughs> and, like, skipping. And then, like, trying to hitch a ride. Oh, man. I think we got to write this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and make it. It's going to start with, you know, Chrissy's herring lift drive over here. Oh, yeah. Can you tell us about how you almost disappeared on your way over here? Yeah. I, I got picked up in a lift at my apartment. A lift line, Ooh. if you will, which is like the Russian roulette of red sharing. And then went on to circle past my apartment where I'd originally gotten picked up three times. Uh, and made everyone wait for me. So I'm well, We got some concerning texts. But... We were worried. That was just me being dramatic. I said I was going to die in the lift. But <laughs> well, we're glad you didn't disappear. Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, do you guys have any other um, criticisms or any other feedback about the movie? Or where do we go from here? It was just terrible. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we're not giving out any Parent of the Year awards anytime soon or Filmmaker's Choice Awards or no. Kids' Choice Awards. No. None of the awards. Like, even, like... Not including the content, because I didn't watch all of it, but the parts that I did watch, the editing and yeah, like the shots in it, like none of it was compelling. Yeah, and they would do like random things like the footprints. So I was like, all right, so they've got right sort of some budget, but like it didn't quite fit in with everything else. It was to me, it was like they watched a bunch of documentaries and like, oh, we know how to do this now. We're gonna make docu- a documentary about other documentaries. Yeah, and I was like, you guys don't know what you're doing, and this this is just terrible yeah i mean especially after kind of falling down a rabbit hole on the topic after watching it i was just like holy shit there was so much interesting information that you could have included in this and you just didn't and i didn't spend that much time doing research and i'm by no means a professional so it's kind of like why why didn't you Side note, just because I think it would be interesting to get your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I told my boyfriend like what we were doing, I have to give him credit because I didn't know this fact on my own. He told me that there was apparently a place in some national park where you could get away with murder because of some issue with like jurisdictions. Oh. And apparently, I mean, you can get away with murder in a lot of national parks, yeah. as I think we've all learned. <laughs> but I looked more into that as part of this, which I also just feel like it, that's one more thing that could have definitely been included in this documentary and was just, like, completely overlooked. Where was it? Because it's so easy to find. So there is a legal dead zone in Yellowstone, or, yeah, Yellowstone National Park. 
What is a wait? What is a legal dead zone? So here's my cell phone won't work there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, because okay. you're dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So I have to read this off because, like, I'm not one for political jargon. But uh, basically, what's going on in Yellowstone is that the land. Because I've been to Yellowstone. If I'd known, man. Ooh. There's. It's like. A certain part of Yellowstone, not the whole park. So it's like, I guess it's 50, there's a 50 square mile portion. That's Um, a lot of room to operate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that is actually a lot, but I guess Yellowstone is much bigger than that. In the scale of things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So under federal jurisdiction, they claim, I guess, like Yellowstone is classified as being in the state of Wyoming. Okay. But under state law it's actually it actually runs across parts of idaho and montana Mm -hmm. but the federal government considers the whole thing to be just wyoming oh weird so the parts of the park that according to state lines are in other states are in other states um if someone commits a murder there they can't prosecute it because they can't call a jury oh shit so, apparently, like, when people are, like, very smart and somehow know this <laughs> um, and want to murder somebody, they plan a camping trip trip to this 50 square miles of Yellowstone <laughs> Park and they just kill them and they can't be prosecuted. There's got to be a movie or, like, something mm-hmm. like that because that's too, that's too juicy. That's, that's great. Well, I want yeah. to know, I just Googled National Park Get Away With Murder on my phone and found all that. But it now, right up. But now I'm also on a list, you know, for a <laughs> yeah. No, I was thinking that the whole time I was Googling it. Now you guys are, like, booking your trip to Yellowstone. No, but, like, when I was Googling things, I was trying to, <laughs> like, phrase it in a way that I was just curious about it and not actually trying to kill that probably someone. makes you more suspicious you're right yeah hey let's uh, be honest we're all on some lists i mean i was listening did you guys hear about how they caught the guy who was like the east area rapist the original yes. night stalker yeah, yeah. and that. like so they found him because uh the government somehow had a tag out there on his dna and it triggered when one of his relatives used one of those services that searches your oh um, yeah your dna yeah. yeah yeah and so they like they found some of the matches and then they staked out his house and found him and it's like shit the government can just like if like my brother spit in a tube and then i they did something find wrong you, yeah. yeah man yeah. have you not watched any like csi or any other cop drama they always watch the perp when he's taking like a coffee cup and he throws it in the garbage yeah, and, and they, they die for that yeah but this isn't that like they got the dna partially matched from like his cousin or his nephew or something doing like a de- like a like an yeah. ancestry match and they linked it back to him which is nuts it's cool i'm glad they caught the guy that guy's a scumbag but you know bigger and better things like we're yeah it's all this dna stuff now that's like kind of coming mm-hmm. off or it's super interesting yeah no it is cool so that's another reason you could disappear exactly but like my my point is kind of like I watched Maddox find all the information about this shit while I was talking. So why wasn't that in the documentary? True. Like... We live in the day and age of the internet. Everybody's an expert. Um, it kind of makes it tough to, to surprise it. But you brought out the, the topic about the uh, the dead zone in the parks. I had no idea. That's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I didn't... I That's why I gave credit. I didn't know about it before. But still, I mean... 
There's no way he doesn't know that. Yeah. He's been do- I, I don't know. I just feel like he made bad decisions in the course of making this documentary. Where even if he didn't want to go full on Bigfoot with it, he could have definitely made it more interesting. Uh, the reason I wanted to watch it was because I thought the topic had a lot of potential. And yeah. And just didn't. I think it could have. Because, like, it. the amount of disappearance cases that he has actually covered there were probably better ones for him to do in this movie, but he probably contacted the people involved and they were like, no. Yeah, no, that's we don't. We've already, we've already gotten past the fact that this person's disappeared and we've accepted the fact that we've lost someone and they didn't want to be involved in this crazy movie. So Yeah, there's a lot of logistics. But it focuses a lot on disappearing get. kids, too, which is like, unfortunately, yeah. disappearing children is a little bit more believable and more acceptable, and I don't mean that. As it's bad as it sounds. sad, but you can see why it would happen. Exactly. Yeah. Like, there's... Yeah. They talk about how there's, like... Going back to the 1800s, which when you think about it that way, it's not that many, but there's 1,600-plus disappearing... Yeah. P- disappearances that have been undocumented in these national parks. But they weren't all children. Some of them are adults. And it's like, well, yeah, how did that happen? Again, you can very easily get, like, swatted by a grizzly bear and dragged up a mountain. Like, these things happen. Or just fall down a trail. Or just fall down a trail. <laughs> Yeah, that was the other thing that like I learned from that creepy YouTube narration where uh, there's these things. Are they snowshoots? I can't remember. But when it snows a whole bunch, like on very heavy pine trees, there's these vacuums that form around trees. Where if you're skiing or you're hiking, you can get sucked into them. What? And then the snow buries you. And then like search and rescue people do find people basically like trapped, frozen, and almost mummified months later when the snow melts, and they just got stuck in these. Like snow death traps, because the pine needles probably create air pockets. Exactly, they build up. And the oh, snow builds on yeah. that, so when you step on it, they actually have... you fall in, and then like the snow falls down, and then you're just trapped. Yeah, yeah. It's like a nature trap. Ugh. So there are things that can just One make you disappear. One more reason not to go skiing. There's quicksand. Yeah. There's snow traps. There's just stay at home and watch Netflix. Stay at home, play <laughs> some video games. Stay at home, record a podcast with your friends. <laughs> Don't go outside, people. It's overrated. That's yeah. the moral of the story. Yeah, it's the moral of the story. Well, yeah, I guess if the if that's sort of our final conclusions on the uh, the documentary itself, um, we can begin to wrap it up. Um, but before we end, uh, I just want to give you guys a chance to to let the listeners know where they can find more about you. Um, if you have a hustle, if there's something that you do outside of this podcast, uh, Chrissy, do you want to let us know where uh, the listeners can find you on the internet? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm actually a photographer. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at lckitesphoto. And my website is also just lckites.com. Okay, and you do a lot of wedding photography, right? I do a lot of wedding photography, but, you know, a little of everything, editorial, portraiture, but, yeah, wedding season's about to ramp up. So I'm thinking if any of our listeners are getting married... Get married! Call me! (laughs) Okay, great. And what about you, Maddox? What are you you doing on the internet these days? I don't have anything really cool on the internet... Um, you have a dog. You have so many I do. cool I mean, dog photos. I, I do have Instagram. So you I need mean, to make a dogstagram. Start yeah, making that I should, dog Instagram I should money. make one for, for Dahlia. Um, Instagram will start cutting a check to Dahlia Al Ghul. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you really want to see pictures of my dog, I po- my Instagram handle is smaddox42. Sometimes it's pictures of the cat. Yeah. Also a great, great cat. Yeah. Yep. I can vouch for that. Yeah. Okay. We all can. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, and other than that, I occasionally do podcasts with you and the other guys. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, going forward, I uh, hope you guys can uh, make the time to join us on Fear Boners, and we'll maybe uh, release another Lady Boners in the near future. Yay! Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for joining us this evening. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you do have any feedback on the episode, or if you have any questions or concerns, or if you're worried that you're going to disappear, uh, <laughs> whether or not it's through nefarious means, if the government's after you, if the lizard people are after you, the Illuminati, if you're caught up in like Thanos' snap, <laughs> lots of different reasons can make you disappear these days. Feel free to hit us up uh, via email. You can contact us at fearbonersdifp at gmail.com. Actually, no, no, no. You should probably call 911. So. Well, yeah, call 911 <laughs> first before you fully disappear, but then shoot me an email yeah, and let me yeah. know what it feels like to disappear. And again, that's uh, fearbonersdifp at gmail.com. You can also contact the Down in Front guys at downinfrontpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we do have a website. Uh, that you can find out what we're doing. Uh, the most recent episodes that have been released, that's downinfrontpodcast.com. We have a Facebook page at facebook.com backslash downinfrontpodcast. We have a YouTube channel. You can sort of listen to us on there. Twitch, uh, we have our games cast where we play video games, pretend to be really good at them, and kind of make snarky remarks. And stream on twitch.tv backslash downinfrontpodcast. We tweet all the time. Sometimes there's polls. Sometimes there's funny sh- photoshops. Uh, lots of different things to entertain you. You can find us at underscore D-I-F-P, as in Down in Front Podcast. And last but not least, if you enjoy what you heard, if you want to hear more of it, we do this for absolutely free because we love you guys, we love movies, we love talking, we hope you listen. Uh, you can hit us up on patreon.com backslash Down in Front Podcast, and you can, you know, give us a dollar or whatever. Any little bit helps, um, and that just makes it easier for us to get this content to you as soon as we possibly can. And there are some bonuses for our Patreon contributors, so go to that website to check out more. Again, thanks so much for tuning in for Fear Boners, special Lady Boners episode with guest stars Maddox and Chrissy, and we will be back as soon as possible. Keep it spooky. Never know how to sign these things off. Keep it spooky. Yeah. <laughs>